Welcome to the Ask Brian Podcast Radio Show, where you'll hear from some of the most successful founders and CEOs of businesses and startups, sharing their best advice for success, and even some stories on how their mistakes actually make them even more successful. Now, here are your hosts, Brian and Tracy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You listen to KHS 1220 and 98.1 FM, the Ask Brian Radio Show. The only way to spell Brian, A-S-K-B-R-I-E-N. Also, AskBrian.com. So each week we have a show and we try to teach people something about business. And we've had numerous people, numerous founders, numerous startup people, a lot of practical people. We've had almost every variation from the founder of Oatly to the uh, Embers, Flying Embers to founder of Learning Annex. And each week we try to strive to teach something about business. And we have our great, great, great engineer, Mr. Matt. Well, hello, Peter. How are you? And I like Mr. Matt because he's also Mr. Matt. That's right. All right. New Yorker. Yeah. How you doing? Where's the drum roll? Oh, you want to? Oh, no. Want... Clap. Do a clap. Oh, you Do want to clap. clap. Okay. Do a clap. All right. Woo-hoo. Yeah. We are a Dodger station, okay. though. Just but so the Mets you know. are in the playoffs, so we got to go through that. <laughs> Tracy loves that sports stuff. All right. <laughs> yeah, well, I just want to ask how come I don't get any kudos for Southern Charm, but every time there's a New Yorker on, we always celebrate, but no kudos for Southern Charm. I, I don't understand. Well, you know, I can, st- I, you know, I can talk in a Southern accent. No, please don't. Please. No. <laughs> Actually, Tracy, I'd like to hear this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do it you're, actually you're on the break, and then I'll go, go back time. on right. so we can do it. I, I've done that before. Matt? I talk like an no, Alabama because I'm from Alabama, and I don't know what's wrong with oh, Alabama, Lord. but everybody in Alabama talks funny. Okay. I guess so I, I guess I insulted I can, one fifty of their audience. <laughs> I can I can talk some SEC football in Alabama and Nick Saban, so just saying <laughs> that. So don't even. I can talk some SEC football. So yeah, but do you know about football? That's the key. No, right. I don't know anything about football. I just know any. I just know SEC football. <laughs> When, when you say SEC as a lawyer, I'm thinking about the Securities and Exchange Commission because I file documents with No, them. I'm sorry. No, this is the Southern Conference for SEC Sports. Southern Educational Conference for... It's not Southern Education, Southern Eastern. Before we lose our guest, we probably should tell people what the E and ask Brian is for. So, Mr. Matt, Mr. Engineer, so we got one E out of the way. Why is Brian spelled with an E? I mean... Everyone I knew growing up spelled Brian B-R-Y-A-N, B-R-I-N. I can understand brain, B-R-A-I-N, but I don't know why. Why is a show called Ask Brian with an E? There are many reasons. Personally, I wish you could have got Ask Peter, the uh, URL for that. That would have been great because Peter has two E's in it, but we'll settle for Brian. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, and Tracy B-R- would have said, oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, B-R-I-E-N, and we spell it. Now, I want to support I would have supported that for branding consistency purposes. It would have been great. We could a little smiley face connecting the maybe, two knees. Maybe we should switch the show to Ask Tracy. We could do that. We could. Then we'd have to come up with a whole series of eyes. Yeah. That's all right. We'll stick with Best the idea ever. So one of the reasons, at least, why we spell it with an E is that it stands for education. Because on this show, we try to educate our listeners each week about business and businesses. E is also for experts. <laughs> and... It is because our guests are experts in their field. Now, how do you become an expert? 
It takes about ten thousand hours. This is more. This is probably more complicated than the mortgage calculation, which we're going to get into shortly. Wait, there's easy things, tools online to do that. Anyone? No, I'm just he kidding. has a tool on his site, but we'll be there soon. Go uh, ahead. It, it takes ten thousand hours, which you know, when we're talking about an entrepreneur, they're usually working much more than just a forty-hour week. They're usually working twice that many, if not more. I, well, when I'm doing entrepreneur stuff, I work 16 hours a day. So how many hours is that? Right. So if we're looking wow. at it over a 52 week year, which again, that's how many weeks there are here on planet earth. And that, I'm glad you said planet earth because we know that you're from Mars. Well, and there are shorter weeks in Jupiter, Venus, uh, how the know? sun, you know, Mercury is not in retrograde anymore, but it also has a shorter year. Hey. It's not. How many Red Bulls have you had? Here? None. How many Red Bulls None. Have you had? But you want to send me some? I think you should. <laughs> Now, he's sipping an iced tea here. We're keeping it very PG. (laughs) I I prefer the Long Island iced tea, but they gave me an iced tea. In short, to wrap it up, it's going to take five years to get those 10,000 hours if you're working 40 hours per week, which again, most entrepreneurs are working double that. So are you an expert? By no means. Wow. No. Well, you're on your way, though. I'm hoping to one day. Tracy's an expert in podcasting. I am an expert. Internationally recognized, as a matter of fact, and that is not negotiable. That is fact. Well, (laughs) when you say internationally recognized, is that by Interpol? No, that's by international press in different countries. So, yes, no, I am not a fugitive or a criminal. I'm a podcast expert. Well, that's what Interpol is, yeah. So uh, that's how you get caught at the airport in South Korea or whatever. I knew somebody. No, but I have had some issues going through security lately at the airport. I'm not sure what's going on with that because I have TSA pre-check. Oh, it's a lifesaver, isn't it, Tracy? They may have hijacked my identity. If they give me it to Tracy, they'll give it to anyone. What's another E? Well, one of my favorite E's stands for enthusiasm. Because being enthusiastic leads to excellent results. You do have to be excited. You do have to have enthusiasm. But you also, Peter, have to have empathy. Well, we already talked about that, right? You should have said, you know, Tracy, you need to have empathy. (laughs) (laughs) Tracy, I I have empathy for you, Tracy, because you've been co-hosting this show with Peter for God knows how long. And I'm sorry, I just have empathy. (laughs) I don't think God knows. Call call up God, ask him. There's no E in God. He's not part of the show. He's not part of the show. And and I don't have his phone number, do you? (laughs) I don't think so. I think it is C-A-L-L. G O D. Oh, I see. That's I a seven-digit number. Yeah. Uh, Better than Kenny. I, I think I'm, I think there might be something wrong with me. <laughs> Tracy, it's an addiction. Heard, yes. It's an addiction. Yeah. <laughs> but but what to talk? <laughs> okay, so then you know what, Tracy? What does the final E stand for? Well, I got to see the first part. No, no, no. Grease lightning. Because we're electrifying. Sort of. Okay. It's true. All right. Very electrifying. And now, without any further ado, so Mike, let's get a little bit about your background. I know you have some background in mortgages or something, but people don't know who you are, so let's give a little introduction. What's your background? My name is Mike Faber. I've been in the mortgage business for 30 plus years, helping people with forward mortgages and doing reverse mortgages for over 20 years. I work for Preferred Rate, which is a division of American Pacific Mortgage. I'm the director of production for my group and a senior loan officer, helping people acquire their dreams and uh, get into homes, just making their lives better. That sounds great. Now, right now, uh, most people realize that their mortgage, if you're trying to get a mortgage, that the rates are like going skyrocketing, almost faster than gas prices. So I'm not sure which one's skyrocketing higher, but they both are skyrocketing higher. What do you think the reasons are for that? They've been trying to slow down the economy. You've seen 
inflation numbers going up. A lot of people don't understand that what the Fed is doing is actually not a direct correlation to forward mortgages, i.e. your first mortgages. It affects second mortgages and credit cards, interest rates. But what affects our interest rates are the mortgage-backed securities market. And as inflation rises, you know, you're going to see interest rates rise. So that's pretty much the primary reason what you're seeing rates going up from, you know, New Year's Eve this last year in 2021, rates were right around 3%. Today, as we sit, we are in the 7% range. So you've seen a pretty dramatic rise on where rates have gone from New Year's Eve till today. And on a $700,000 mortgage on New Year's compared to today, the payment difference is about $1,700 a month, not a year, a month. What size mortgage was that for? On a $700,000 loan. Wow. That's a lot of money. Yes, it makes a difference. You know, you've got a, a person that qualifies today needs to make about $5,000 a month more than they did on New Year's Eve for the same exact loan per month. And do you think interest rates are going to continue to go up or do you think they're, you know, we're, we're, we're at the rate we're going to be? Well, my crystal ball is cracked, but my opinion... How about your mirror? Which, how's, how's the mirror going? <laughs> I don't want to say a broken mirror because, you know, I, I don't want to say for anybody. <laughs> the general consensus is the rates are probably going to rise a little between now and the end of the year. But we think that they are going to probably level out and start going down first, second quarter of 2023. So even though rates are going up and you have a $1,700 increase per $700,000, isn't it true, though, that the more, the pricing of homes may start to go down or have stabilized? And so therefore, you may still have to come up with a 1700 but it may not be 1700 because we that $700,000 house goes down to six hundred. Now it's only like $1,400, right? Very true. And it depends on your marketplace because certain areas are going to hold value more than other areas. But we have seen that sellers are starting to be more agreeant to help people to try to get in by paying closing costs, by paying, you know, discount fees. But with that being said, it is by area not a blanket statement. So the more desirable your area, the more chance that the prices are not going to be sliding. But if it's a area where of a high turnover, then you'll probably see the sellers being a more agreeant to help with, you know, buy downs and maybe the prices go down just a little. But, you know, our opinions are that we don't think they're going to go anything like they were in 2008, 2009, you know, landslide. We just think that they're going to taper down if they go down, but not like anything in the past. These mortgage rates is going the same rate and same increase for like if you're buying an apartment building or something, because a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs and they'll invest in an apartment building or, or an Airbnb house or something. Are those rates the same uh, increases that are going to homeowners or are they slightly different and, and how would that work? They are different. You know, on commercial real estate, they are rising, but they're not rising as fast as you're seeing on the residential one to four market, which there's my forte and my specialty with mortgage backed securities 
taking the beatings that they have been. Last month was one of the fastest rise in my history of being in the business that I've ever seen. Mortgage-backed securities lost over 500 basis points in one month, which is a extraordinary move in a month. Because when a mortgage-backed security moves, it typically moves between 5 to 10 to 15 basis points a day, not these numbers that we've seen. So you think it's bigger than 2008? I don't believe the valuations are going to do anything like 2008, 2009, 2010. But if, you know, in my opinion, like I said, my crystal ball is cracked. I kind of believe that prices are going to go back to probably in the first, second quarter of 2021. We've already seen things soften, but you're still going to have buyers and sellers that need to buy and sell. It doesn't matter what the market does. You need housing, you're going to make a decision and you're going to buy. You know, people still need to do things today. It doesn't matter what the valuation is unless you're planning on selling it in one or two years, three years. If you're planning on selling a home in the next 10 years, you're probably going to get great deals right now. And over time, we know rates are going to go down. So payment, you'll have the opportunity to refinance, lower that payment, and be into probably your dream home and have a better opportunity today than you did a year ago to buy that dream home because the market has slowed down just a little. Now, I realize that commercial is not your expertise, you're more residential, but I have read reports that rents are going up 20, 25% is not unheard of, even higher in some some localities. So with the rents going up that high, even though the mortgage rates are going up, I would think that if you're looking to buy an apartment, this might be a good time to buy because you're going to get those high income streams with the increased rent. What do you think about that? 100%. You know, as the rental market has gone up, you know, as values went up, rents followed them. And the higher the rents, the higher the probability you're going to have to get into a property and have your income stream rise over the next couple of years due to the fact that you can lower your mortgage payment once rates come down. The rents historically are not going to follow what interest rates do historically rents stay and go higher. They don't go lower like you can do with your mortgage payment once rates come down that you can lower your interest rate, lower the payment, and that would in effect increase your cash flow on any investment that you might have from a non-owner occupied perspective. Question is, how complicated is it if I try to buy a house today and I buy it from somebody that had one of those great 3% interest rates or 2.75 interest rates, how hard is it to get that loan assigned? Well, pretty much in today's world of mortgage, there's only two loans that are actually assumable, and that's an FHA loan and a VA loan. And if you can do a qualified assumption and qualify for their current mortgage, so let's say just hypothetical, you know, you have a $700,000 sales price and, you know, Mr. Seller has a $600,000 FHA loan at 3%. If you paid the $100,000 difference for the down payment and you could do a qualified assumption, you can take over his 3% loan. And for any seller that has an FHA, loan or a VA loan, this is a giant selling tool that you want to make sure that you market, that you can take over, potentially take over their loan 
and get a huge discount on the interest rate. When you say qualifying, is that based on that 3% rate that you're qualifying on? So you have to have the income to ratio on that amount, or is it different? It's actually on what their payment is and what your new property taxes, your new homeowner's insurance, and we would factor in the payment at the 3%. So if the seller's payment was, you know, just use round numbers, $3,000 with their taxes and insurance and mortgage, and with the new loan with taxes, insurance, and everything, it's 3600 and that's the number that we would use to do the income qualification off of. So instead of having have an income of $15,000 for that, you know, $700,000 house, you'd only have to have an income, you know, and by the way, this is all hypothetical, just using numbers off the top of my head please don't hold me to these. Instead of having a $15,000 income, you'd only need like, you know, 11, 12,000 to buy that same house if you could come up with the down payment and take over the qualified assumption of their interest rate. Well, how does it apply to self-employed people? It's the same same amount of monies or would they look a little bit more lenient because, you know, some numbers may be a little bit very more variable. Well, when you're doing a qualified assumption, it's going to be off of what your, you know, net income is, adding back depreciation and a couple of things off your tax return. But, you know, in this scenario, you'd have to be making, you know, roughly $130,000 on your business after your write-offs and expenses. So if you made $250,000 and wrote off $120,000 of your two fifty, dollars then your income would be roughly $130,000 and you'd be able to qualify for the qualified assumption. I'm here and I'm ready to pivot into talking to our guests about the American, what I, what I refer to as the American dream conundrum. And that is that uh, as you are an entrepreneur building your business, building your wealth as an entrepreneur, one of the big advantages is that you can lower your taxable income. And that's one of the benefits of the blood, sweat, and tears of being an entrepreneur. However, it also creates the conundrum of challenge when it comes to if you're lowering your taxable income, which is advantageous, it can also be a challenge when you're trying to apply for financing of any sort, but especially when it comes to mortgages. So help our entrepreneurs understand how we can be beneficial the best of both worlds. There's several different options that people have out there. If your tax returns, you know, once we get a file, the first thing we do is we go through it and see what options we can present. Sometimes people don't realize that they're actually claiming enough on their tax returns to be able to qualify for their dream house. And if that's the case, we just look at doing a normal, what's called qualified mortgage that can be sold on the secondary market. You know, that's that's the one you just walk into your bank and, you know, or actually you call me and we get, and it's just your normal A paper type loan. But there is what's called non-qualified mortgages, non-QM finance. And what non-QM financing is, is for the people that aren't squeaky clean and have the income to qualify, or maybe they've got a, you know, a couple of dings on credit. And with entrepreneurs, a lot of times your cash flow is good, but your taxable income has been written down to where you can't buy your dream home yet. We do have options out there. Non-QM loans offer bank statement loans where we look 
at the income that's being deposited into your bank account and calculate that as income. We also have what's called DSR, excuse me, uh, DSCR loans, which are called debt service coverage ratio loans. So if you've got an entrepreneur that wants to buy rental properties buy and get into investment, we then look at what the rents of the property are and use that to qualify. So typically, you know, you'll have a minimum of between 20, 25% down. You can get in as low as 10% down for this loan, but there's what's called a debt service coverage ratio. And with 20% down, it's almost one-to-one, or sometimes it's, you know, 1.05 of what the rents are to the mortgage. So just to use round hypothetical numbers, you find a property for $500,000, and the rents on it is going to be $2,500. If after you put your down payment down, the payment is $2,500 even, including taxes and insurance, or $1 less will do that loan. It's not like you're having to show what the income from your business that you're making and do all the calculations. This is a straight income to rent loan. So the higher you, the more money you put down, the better your debt service coverage ratio is going to be. So it all depends on what you're looking for and how much money you have saved to invest to get around the income portions of qualifying a lot of times. What I'd like to ask about next is, you know, entrepreneurs, especially when they're building and scaling their businesses, they're infamous, and I use the word infamous because I don't know if it's necessarily a good thing all the time, for self-funding these businesses because maybe they don't qualify for uh, venture capital or outside investment or, or lines of credit at this point attached to the business. So a lot of times we self-fund with credit cards or home equity lines. Are the market, is what's going on in the market and the changes that are happening, is that affecting the ability to get home equity lines right now? The answer is yes, because as rates have gone up, banks are starting to tighten up on home equity lines. So those have become more qualified than they have in the past. You know, in the past, if you had the equity positions, you were pretty much, they were going to say, hey, we'll give you the money because you have the equity to qualify. But what we've run into recently is most of equity lines against properties are full qualification type financing, taking into account any other mortgage payments, the taxes and insurance, and then your payment for the new line of credit. Even though you might have a zero balance, they will take and qualify with what the full payment would be off the line of credit if it was fully funded and used. So give an example of that. Do you have any, yeah, I was going to say, can you give us an example? A hypothetical. We're not going to hold you to it. But people like numbers. So let's use our $700,000 number again. If, you know, in the past, if you had like a $400,000 balance and you wanted $100,000, you know, it was pretty simple to get equity lines. You know, and I'm not talking in the last year or two. I'm talking five, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago. But today, because of the qualifications, it's now going to be that you're going to have to fully qualify using your income and be able to show the ability to repay. 
That's the most important part. If you can't show the ability to repay your first mortgage and your equity line, your taxes and insurance, they're not going to fund the loan these days. There are investors out there that might offer some other financing that might be a little bit more expensive, but those seem to be few and far between. And you got to remember, investors really don't want to do it against primary residences anymore due to the fact that goes against all the new federal lending laws that went into effect. You know, you're not allowed to use really equity lines on primary residence for business purpose type financing. You would have to do it against properties, i.e. rentals, because they don't consider rentals under the qualified mortgage rules, they would fall under the non-QM rules to where you can do for business purpose. How do they know? Yeah. If I take out a HELOC loan, <laughs> I take out they, a HELOC they loan. actually ask the question, what is your equity line going to be used for? And they expect you to tell them. And if you say, oh, it's for business purpose, they won't do it as a qualified mortgage. That's what's then called a non-qualified mortgage using it for business purpose. You need to be honest is what I'm saying. Although there is fungibility yeah, there, the right? Is, don't, Money is don't fungible. Don't say you're getting your, re, your roof redone when you're actually hiring a CRO. Is that what you're saying? More than likely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what if I change my mind? R and an O in both of those. Yeah. They don't consider so, that honest. You know, if you're, if you're looking to take the money out and to remodel your house, that's not business purpose, but if you're looking to take the money out and remodel your rentals, that's considered business purpose because it's not your primary residence. But I could change my mind. But now, or, but you could take the money out of the rental property, and then would that be considered, so how, what's the gray, is there a gray area on that? So would, There's no have gray the area. There's no gray area on that. If you can qualify, a rental property is not a, quali- a qualified mortgage. It's considered a non-QM loan. So oh, you can right. take the okay. rentals and use it for business purpose. Because a rental so property is considered you say- a business. So I'm hearing you say your biggest tip for entrepreneurs right now is figure out a way to get a down payment of somewhere around 20% to get a rental property that gives you an equal or $1 less value of the rent and start investing in real estate so that you can have that type of mortgage and be able to fund other initiatives out of that. That sounds like a really good strategy to me, if I'm understanding you correctly. You are 100% right because... You know, rents and values over time have never gone down over time. There's been valleys where, you know, values have gone down, but values from 2010 have been surpassed already, you know, 10-year cycle. We subsequently are higher than what prices were in 2008. So over time, real estate is one of the most incredible investments in wealth growth on the planet. Well, I do have a question to ask Mike about how to reach him. Uh, so, Mike, how do our listeners who want to implement this amazing entrepreneurial strategy that you've created here on the Ask Brian Show today, if they want to implement this strategy or they just want to get more information about all of the amazing tips that you've given out today, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, please email me at Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, at Michael Favre. 
dot com. So that would be Michael at Michael Favre, which is F is in Frank, A is in Apple, W is in Wit, V is in Victor, E is in Edward, R is in Richard dot com. Michael at Michael Favre dot com. And I'll be more than happy to help anybody that is looking to create wealth through real estate, maybe needs little counseling, maybe needs to refinance their home or looking to buy a new home. I'm here to help with any aspects of real estate financing one to four units that I can to make your lives better. Well, he's really offered some amazing tips and suggestions, and I know we're going to be able to get maybe at least one more of those. Um, But if you're driving right now, don't feel like you have to pull over to write this information down because we're going to have it in the show notes of our podcast. And so if you want to find the Ask Brian podcast, just go to any of the platforms where you listen to your favorite podcast. So that's Apple, that's Spotify, that's iHeartMedia, that is Google Podcasts, anywhere that you listen to your favorite podcast, uh, search for Ask Brian, that's A-S-K-B-R-I-E-N, the Ask Brian podcast. And we would love to have you follow the show and share it with your peers, especially with all of this great information that we've gotten today from you, Mike, so we really appreciate that. And so, Peter, I know you have one, uh, we had one question come in that you want to make sure we get an answer to, right? Right. And so what I'm trying to understand is what is a reverse mortgage? A reverse mortgage is just that. It's where you take a loan out and you don't make payments and the balance actually goes up over time. So reverse mortgages are for people over 62 and a half that have equity that maybe they can use it to supplement their income or, you know, help with not making a mortgage payment and or maybe they just need to help their kids or help, you know, pay some other bill. It's for people that have paid down their house and to try to help them in the long run. So there, it can make life better for an elderly couple, you know, if someone is, is hurting. Reverse mortgages are a non-real qualified income loan. You only have to qualify for usually the taxes and insurance. And if you've got equity, people have the ability to get to the equity if you're over 62 and a half. Well, unfortunately, the greatest show on earth is over. Roger, over and out. Thank you very much, Mike. Thank you very much, Tracy. The Ask Brian Radio Show. Thank you for tuning in to the Ask Brian radio show. You can listen to us every Thursday on KTHS AM 1220 and FM 98.1 or via Facebook Live or anytime wherever you listen to your podcasts. Visit askbrian.com to join the conversation and ask us your business questions and we'll answer them on our next episode. That's askbrien.com.